With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Getting engaged is a moment worth cherishing. A one-of-a-kind ring that you design at Blue Nile can help your love sparkle. Just choose your diamond and setting. When you've found the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Finding the right engagement ring can be nerve-wracking. At Blue Nile, you'll have the expert guidance needed and a diamond guarantee that ensures you're getting the highest quality at the best price. Cherish all of life's moments and save up to 30% at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. This is what we call a three technique. This is what we call a three technique. On the ride with Royce. Stretch pass Kane into the wild zone. Down the slot. Shoot the score! Patrick Kane with his second goal of the night is now fifth all-time in Chicago Blackhawk history in goal scoring, eclipsing Dennis Hall. And he puts the Hawks on top two to nothing. Uh, Matt Dumba scored the only goal for the Wild as they got overwhelmed last night by the Blackhawks. And our old friend Patrick Kane scored twice. He's uh, he's had a, he got off to a slow start just like the uh, most of that team. You know, he's only 29. I thought he was a little older than that. This is his, uh, okay, 2001, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11 season there, and they had the mm. one season where they were locked out, basically. He's so. already been there for 11 yeah, seasons? he was 18 when he Holy started cow. playing them for him uh, or in 1819. Uh, he uh, came into the league out of the, with the London Knights in the Ontario Hockey League. He was uh, 58 games, 62 goals, 83 points. Good potential there, I would say, wouldn't you? And uh, his uh, top goal year was uh, in uh, 2015-16, he had 46. Last year, he only had 34. Blackhawks had a bad year. But you think of him as a guy getting hurt some. He had a couple of years. He's played 82 each of the last uh, two yeah, years. Yeah. He hasn't missed any games lately. He's uh, he's fun to watch. There's no doubt about it. I know a lot of uh, Viking fans aren't uh, big fans of him. But uh, uh, Dumba... Last three goals for the uh, Wild, right? He had two. Mm-hmm. Uh, he had two of uh, the three when, yeah, the two goals when they lost Edmonton, Edmonton and yep. then the uh, goal last night. But uh, Kane's a slam dunk Hall of Famer, right? Oh yeah, I would yeah. think so. Yeah, he's uh, he's a he's one a, of those cups would help his cause too. He's a fantastic player. Uh, that's obviously my job, so that's what I have to do, meaning scoring goals. But more than that, uh, you want to improve your game on your craft every day. Uh, we don't. Do we not like him? Is there? I don't think don't there's like that. It's it's a he's different not, rivalry a too shot. now. He's not a cheap yeah. shot. Art. Yeah, you don't beat each other with sticks. There, they they used to have one or they used to have that. Even their goon was a little guy a few years ago, right? The the, uh, the Col- kid they traded to Dallas, Carrillo right? or some damn thing like that. Uh, they they don't they don't really have any goons. I think the. Any hatred with Wild fans for Patrick Kane just has more to do with just the hatred of the Blackhawks themselves. Yes, so, yes. Yeah. But but the Wild fans don't hate him nearly as bad as the North Star fans. Oh, God, oh, yeah. yeah. We try to think we do, but we don't. No. No, because the North Star, you know, that was, you know, you don't, 
You don't hear the whole arena rocking cane uh, sucks or something like uh, C chord sucks was one of the greatest. You know, I mean, that's, your, that's one of the greatest cheers in the history of Met Center. But you guys aren't engaged? Oh, Not yet. This is all swirling about these rumors keep, these rumors keep happening. Ricky, man. Uh, well, uh, on November 30th, they had the NASCAR uh, Series Awards Ceremony, which is a big deal. It's uh, held out in Vegas, I believe. And Danica Patrick and Ricky Stenhouse, uh, Ricky Stenhouse Jr. showed up, but Danica wasn't there. And everybody said, hmm, what's going on? Well, it is now official. Uh, Danica Patrick and Ricky Stenhouse Jr. have split. Uh, she's five years older than him, but I wouldn't hold that against her. But uh, anyway, uh, they have uh, split, and uh, Danica uh, is apparently would like some children. And uh, that is not, uh, we, do, we don't know if that's what led to this. But anyway, they've been together for five years. In fact, it appears they'd been together before Danica was officially divorced. But uh, ah, that's, uh, that's, uh, that's I did not know to. she was married previously. Uh, yeah, she was married to a guy named Paul Hauspenthal, hmm. and their divorce was finalized in April 2013. Uh, they had seven, married seven years and no children. But Danica, she's going to race in the Daytona 500, and uh, that's about it this year. Daytona 500 and the Indianapolis 500. And then she's going to end her racing career doing that, uh, with running that doubleheader. She's uh, 35 now and uh, wants to uh, wants to raise a family, I guess. So go get him, Danica. Never quite worked out like it was supposed to. Uh, she uh, led the Daytona 500 at one time. She finished eighth in the Daytona 500. Uh, she won an IndyCar race over in uh, Japan, I believe. But uh, never really succeeded uh, driving a NASCAR to, uh, and uh, so she's uh, she is uh, walking away from racing. And uh, I, I wouldn't be surprised to see Danica show up as part of the television broadcast. You're probably that's right. Yeah, that's, get somebody who's not saying, "Boy, let's get it rolling here." You know, <laughs> get, get somebody speaking English. That would be good. I did speak with Mr. Richardson last night, and uh, and he was terrific you know, in terms of our conversation. And um, that's when I found out uh, just before it was announced that uh, he was going to make a move to sell the team. Is that Roger? That is Ron Rivera. Oh, that is Ron Rivera, the yep. coach. Okay, didn't sound like Roger. Uh, Jerry Richardson, the 81-year-old owner of the uh, Carolina Panthers, uh, Sports Illustrated came out with a uh, uh, rather significant story about the uh, sexual harassment and also a uh, racial slur used against one of his scouts during a, uh, a meeting. Uh, Jerry's an old, uh, old uh, Southern guy, uh, came, made a home down in North Carolina after playing a couple of years in the uh, National Football League for the Baltimore Colts. Uh, but uh, he's an old redneck and uh, crusty old fella. And now he's going to make the tremendous sacrifice <laughs> of selling the Carolina Panthers <laughs> for about $2 billion. Oh, my God. What's he current? <laughs> yep, Jerry's going to sell. What a, what a sacrifice that is. Jerry Jones, 
of course, who's been in the league along with uh, Jerry, because uh, J- Jerry Richardson was awarded the fran- uh, the expansion franchise in 93. I'm very sad, he said. Jerry is one of the really, really, really outstanding men of football that I've ever met, and I really admire him. That's Jerry Jones oh talking God. about the other Jerry. I know that they made it the old-fashioned way. He worked for it. He took what he made in a short time in pro football and turned it into a great business and then used that to get the Carolina franchise. So he's a great story. Eh, you think old Jerry's a little nervous about that? Well, why not just keep your mouth shut for a couple of days, Jerry? Mm-hmm. You know, Because Jerry can't. Because he can't his, help himself. His, t- his team uh, won a game yesterday, and he, of course, holds a press conference after. It is, an, uh, it is quite a thing to see after Cowboys games that, some people go to listen to the coaches' press conference. Some people go to talk to Jerry. Oh, and Jerry Jerry holds court in the clubhouse and the locker room after every game. And keep that in mind too. So he did that after their game, which was Sunday night. That mm-hmm. went until you know. So if you're the Cowboys' yeah. beak, you're going, "Oh my mm-hmm. God, he just dropped this bomb." That's shots. why I never shed a tear when that <laughs> franchise loses a game or when they have a bad season for them. They're well, just so yeah. sick of Jerry Jones. But the league, the league wanted them to win last night, and they got what they wanted. That's yeah. right. Oh, that's that's Based right. upon that fine refereeing with that paper. That's right, Gene Territory. Thank you, Gene. <laughs> Everybody should. When Gene find out if the fans find out if Gene's refereeing a game at Williams this year, should all throw uh, index cards. Oh, I like that idea. Yes. Manny, go ahead, Pat. I'm sorry. Yeah. Manny, you don't need a reason to hate the Cowboys. I mean, just hate them for hate's sake. <laughs> well, yeah. Oh, my yeah, God, I mean, I've that's... hated them since I was a little kid. Mm-hmm. Yeah, There's nothing they're... better than hating the Cowboys. And like Absolutely. We're, and like we were talking about with Patrick Kane earlier, hey, Kenny, Secord. Yeah, Secord sucks. <laughs> Hate that guy. <laughs> Nothing makes me happier yes. than hating Secord. You know, he's he's even departed this veil, hasn't he? I, I think, think no, he's so. a pilot. A pilot. He oh, was is he a pilot? pilot. Yeah. I think he's retired now, but Good. he might have flown you around. He could he could have crashed it just for revenge. Well, I don't know? hate the post NHL Secord. Just no. when he was playing. just when he was playing. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> took shots at Dino. Poor Dino. Dino, who would never hit a guy in the ribs with no, a stick. Never. Not Dino. Uh, not Dino. Not our never guy. take a phony dive. <laughs> Never, not Ardino. Shh, All stop right. it. All right, we'll be back. Talking purple right now on the ride with Roycey. The Gessling covers the Vikings. Here with Ben Gessling. Ben the Gessling joining us now. It's Viking Star Tribune beat writer Ben Gessling. Boy, Pintetti was terrible in his comeback. What are we going to do about him? <laughs> his passer rating was uh, Zero. 38 points behind Case Keenum. <laughs> yes, yes. His passer rating was 138. So yes. It was zero. Uh, well, I'm sure everybody was happy to see him get out on the field. You, you don't see any chance of Bradford ever being active for this team again, do you? I don't. I mean, technically, in, in, you know, I guess with the Vikings, you never rule it out because Joe Webb did start a playoff game for them, but they could activate him for the first week of the playoffs. I think it's about the time he's able to come off IR, but given the fact that he's been out as long as he has, and given the fact that it's still kind of a black box as to what's actually wrong with his knee and when it's going to be better, I I don't see it. I, I think he's probably 
I'm not going to play again this year, and I don't think they're going to resign him. So I think we've probably seen the last. Has he uh, been around? I, I saw somebody say they saw him in the locker room last week for the first time in a couple of months. So, yeah, I did not see him in the locker room the day that that was tweeted. I I did see him on the sideline on Sunday, which okay. was, I, I guess I would say that's the first time I've seen that in uh, in a while. And I've I've kind of you know, I spent a fair amount of time with binoculars on the sideline just to look for. What's going on? Players that might be getting injury treatment or whatever, and I, I did see him yesterday. I think that's the first time I've seen him in, in some number. So of weeks was he here, so. was he being rehabbed somewhere else, or we don't even know? Huh? Well, I, that would be my guess. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, we don't know for sure. I, I haven't asked about it around too much, but when he was he was seeing all the specialists, he was, you know, a lot of a lot of weeks he was certainly uh, not in the facility. In fact, there was a big stack of mail by his locker that looked <laughs> as though it had not been touched for a while. So that was fairly uh, uh, telling when, that he had not been around a whole lot. Did you see where Zeke spent his 42-day suspension? He went to Cabo. Cabo! Way to go, Zeke! He's been in Cabo rehabbing. Way to go! And I think uh, that had to drive the NFL nuts that they couldn't get their hands on him, I would think. Although they might have flown down to Cabo to test him. Who knows? <laughs> Yeah, I mean, yeah, you do sort of wonder down there, um, you know, if you're able to get to, to pharmacists that are not uh, under the, the purview of, of the NFL. I mean, it, you know, not to not to throw allegations, but, you know, yeah, I mean, it, it's it's an interesting development, and, and I'm sure it's not something they're terribly crazy about. <laughs> At the very least, it's uh, you don't exactly feel too bad for him if, if he's able to take a 42-day vacation in a resort. So you're playing a comatose opponent, but uh, Keenum was terrific, and uh, a case could be made. Uh, oh, I, I hate to say that because then it sounds like a pun, but it's not. Yeah. Uh, that uh, he's he keeps getting better. Yeah, I mean he he was he did everything they needed yesterday. He missed three passes all day, and and one probably could have been intercepted early in the game. But other than that, I mean he 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 was good. He. He had one sack, I think, was kind of on him where he held the ball. But, you know, there were a couple of times where protection broke down around him and he either got rid of the ball quickly or, you know, had a couple of nice scrambles again. He, I mean, he continues to do what they need him to do. And, and we've seen them, I mean, like last week when he had to come back, they, we saw him do that. So, I mean, he continues to not really give anybody any reason to sound the cause for a change. I mean, it, yeah, it was a great moment for Teddy Bridgewater to get out there yesterday, you know, to, to hear fans react the way they did and see teammates, you know, kind of leading the whole thing on to the point where Bridgewater said, hey, wait a minute, I need to be able to hear the play. I mean, it was a great moment, but, uh, you know, nothing that happened in that game made you think that they're anywhere near a change, and at this point they're not going to make one. I mean, you have to roll with him as far as he's going to take you, I think, at this point. Uh, just uh, got a report from Demosky that if Atlanta wins tonight, uh, the Packers have re-signed Joe Callahan, and uh, he's kind of reporting that uh, Rodgers will not play against the Vikings if uh, they are eliminated. So, yeah, I saw that. I saw Demosky tweet that as well, and and I yeah, I think that would be the subtext there. If you're going to re-sign Joe Callahan when you have two other healthy quarterbacks, so you would tend to think that you're not going to play one of them, and there really is not much of a point to play him. I mean, you know, I think Rob was, was saying that you could you could put him out there, but, you know, it certainly would 
you know, it sends the message, obviously, that, he, that he's on a different set of rules than everybody else, but I think everybody kind of knows that already. And, you know, he's he's too important to them long-term to, to put him out there for a game that isn't really going to matter. And and if you want to send any type of a message via the Packers saying, hey, we don't really trust this guy being on the field with that team, I, I suppose you could send that if people wanted to read into that. But, I yeah, I just I don't think there's a lot of upside to putting him out there if you're the Packers, uh, you know, you, you probably want to lose two games and try to get a decent draft choice for the first <laughs> time in years, right? I mean, they, well, they, they, haven't, they haven't been drafting in the top 10 too often. So, No, they probably haven't drafted in the top 20 really since maybe Rodgers' first year as a starter. I mean, they've made the playoffs every year since his first year as a starter in 2008. So this would probably be the first time since that point, you know, in which they've picked you know, outside of the, the playoff teams, which typically is picks 21 to 32. So, um, yeah, it, it's a, it's a, I guess, an opportunity, if you want to call it that way. But they need enough help, I think, especially on the defensive side of the ball, that uh, a year with a high pick probably would not hurt them too much. Ben Gessling's with us, Star Tribune, a Viking writer. So uh, they might be a little shook up over in Green Bay about this season. I think they are feeling in Seattle today after that thing because you see this young Rams team with, uh, you know, the best interior lineman in the world and uh, the best running back in the world and a quarterback who's getting better, and they come into your place and beat you 42-7, to there's got to be some serious depression up in Seattle. Well, I mean, the formula is a little bit like what the Seahawks did. I mean, the Rams have a more dynamic offense than, than Seattle did, but you have, this, you have this defense full of young, fast playmakers, and then you have a rookie quarterback or a, guy, a quarterback on a rookie contract. And what that does is if you're getting – good, you know, average to above average production from your quarterback while he's making $3 million a year, you're yeah. basically, you can, you can call that a savings of $20 million a year and, and not exaggerate that. I mean, yeah. if you're getting market level quarterback play, you should be paying that guy $20 million plus given the current rate. So if you're getting that kind of production and you're not having to pay for it because of the rookie scale that they're on, you could spend that money on other things and build a pretty solid team around that guy. I don't. I don't know that they expected Jared Goff to to take this step this year, but he's the number one pick in the draft for a reason, and uh, they are certainly taking advantage of the fact that they have a lot of good young players. While Seattle is kind of out of that phase of things now, they've had to resign a lot of these guys. They're getting older. They have more injuries, and it's kind of the, the system the NFL has set up. You're not going to be able to stay on top forever. I uh, happened to be in the vehicle at uh, at the at the start of the second half of that game and uh, found it on the radio just to confirm that it was thirty three or four to nothing, and the announcer uh, doing the play by play on the radio for Seattle said, "And the twelves are up in mass and they are cheering very loudly, trying to inspire your te- the team." Hey. Tell the 12s to sit down and shut up. It's 34 to nothing or 33 to nothing or whatever the hell it was. It's uh, Yeah, I think that – didn't that thing get to 40 rip at one point before the yeah. Seahawks scored? Yeah, I think it was. It was uh, – yeah. yeah. I, I don't know if the 12s are going to do a lot of good no, at that point. No, the 12s. I love the 12s. Thank God the, we don't the have the 12s. The first 11 maybe uh, could do a little more to help prevent it from getting to that point before the 12s have to step in. Uh, Just a discussion. Uh, I was uh, – Kind of uh, writing uh, earlier this year about the team, and everybody was, but 
having six stars and that the verdict was still out on Eric Kendricks. I think they got seven now. I think they got seven stars on their defense because uh, uh, Kendricks just keeps getting better and better, too. Yeah, he really does. And I, I wrote something you know, that's running the paper tomorrow, a brief little thing that we do the day after the game. And one of my points in there was that Kendricks is making a case he should be a pro bowler. I mean, yeah. he, he has the interception yesterday, which was a great play by him. But then later in the game, you, you know, I looked down the sideline and he's running step for step with Tyler Croft, their tight end, on a on a, a go route. I mean, he's a guy that, that does a lot of different things. I mean, he's not the biggest linebacker in the world, so there are times where you can, you know, push him around a little bit in the running game. But he's so good. He's, so, he's got so much lateral quickness, so much range, and he's he's a smart, instinctive player that in the pass game, and that's really what you need linebackers for as much as anything in this day and age. He's he's really really good there and. He leads them in tackles, and, and he certainly is uh, is making the case that he is deserving of a lot of accolades here towards the end of the season. Ah, uh, this has got to be the healthiest uh, they've ever had a defense get to the finish line, too, I would think. Usually you lose a guy or two, but, uh, boy, they've been pretty healthy. They have, and and uh, I mean, to not even have a lot of guys in the injury report is, is pretty significant. I mean, usually by this point you have guys that – are playing through something, or they're, they're limited to practice one day to give them a break. I mean, Xavier Rhodes has had some of that stuff, and you know, he, he kind of has been the guy that has had a few nagging injuries that haven't really kept him out of games. But other than that, I mean, Mackenzie Alexander sits out yesterday, and they didn't really miss a beat. You know, other other than you know those little things, they've been fairly healthy, and and I mean, the whole team really has been as a whole, fairly healthy for the year. I mean, obviously they lose Sam Bradford and, and Dalvin Cook and uh, have had some injuries on the offensive line, Riley Reef included, but they haven't had a lot of guys missing three, four, five games at a time, and, and certainly on the defense they've had almost none of that. And yeah, I mean, the, the, good, the group is good, it's deep, but being healthy is a big part of it too, and they certainly are. Yeah, it's uh, been uh, it's been uh, quite, quite a show. And uh... – as a defensively, it's it's uh, it's amazing to have that many good players in, in one group. That they 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 could you can make a case for seven Pro Bowlers. Yeah, I mean, uh, six. You know, uh, Hunter hasn't had that kind of year, but uh, yeah, probably not. And you know he certainly is capable of it. But, but yeah, there's I mean there's really two on every level of it. Whether it's Griffin and Joseph, and then. Uh, Kendrickson Barr and Harrison Smith and Xavier Rhodes. I mean, yeah. I mean, they 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 built it that way. I mean, almost all those guys are either uh, high draft picks or, in the case of Lindwell Joseph, a free agent. And they've invested there, and they're certainly getting their their rewards from it. And and we'll see how long they can keep that group together. But uh, I mean, they have a lot of those guys signed. A couple more to to do yet. But uh, yeah, it's. It's a deep and impressive group. There's no question. And at the end of the uh, highly rated uh, Mackie Judd and Mike Morris hour on uh, on Mondays, uh, about twelve uh, forty-five, I heard him spend about ten minutes breaking down the uh, Vikings Patriots matchup and who was going to cover Gronk. So uh, <laughs> there is a chance we're getting a little ahead of ourselves. We might be. I, I, Andrew Kramer <laughs> and I were uh, we were joking about that. Uh, on our, our Facebook Live thing we do after the game yesterday, we're, we're sitting there saying, we don't see any way that this doesn't end with the Vikings going to the Super Bowl, knowing the whole time that, you know, every time you say that, there's a Vikings fan that's sitting there ticking off 
shocked if Kai Forbath misses a game-clinching 38-yarder as uh, that was the case 20 years ago. But beyond that, uh, this is a pretty dang good team. I think uh, Mark Craig, the wise old owl, is, is officially on record as predicting that Forbath misses from... Well, no, I think he's predict- I think he initially was predicting that the Seahawks come in here and make the playoffs and Blair Walsh hits from 27 <laughs> to send the Seahawks to the Super Bowl or, or knock the Vikings out or something like that. Or Yes, there is always that potential of the banana peel in the last step before you uh, get to the promised land. Tell the wise old Al to stop being so cynical. We will uh, <laughs> talk to you later, sir. Thanks. Sounds good. All right, Thanks, All right. We shall return. Johnny Height with a sports update. Here's Johnny Height with a sports update. <laughs> this update sponsored by Aruba Tourism. Escape to sunny Aruba this winter starting December 23rd. Sun Country has new nonstop service from MSP. Visit uh, suncountry.com today. Do you uh, want to do that one over? I don't. I think. Vikings play the Packers, of course, this Saturday night. Question over whether or not Aaron Rodgers will play. Well, uh, the Vikings, of course, or the Packers, excuse me, would be eliminated from the playoff picture with an Atlanta win over Tampa Bay tonight. Uh, this news today, uh, Joe Callahan has been added back to the Packers' 53-man roster. That means the roster now has three quarterbacks, Aaron Rodgers, bum, bum, bum. Brett Hundley, and Joe Callahan. You would assume... Aaron Rodgers probably will be shut down for this game if Callahan's back on the roster. That's what I would assume, Chris. Well, there's you'd assume? there's no point if you're out of it for the Green Bay Packers exactly. to play him. And I'm not saying that because they're playing the Vikings this weekend. I'm just saying that because he's he's your entire future, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. including your present. But, yeah, don't get him hurt. That's stupid. He did play yesterday. He completed 26 of 45 passes for 290 yards, three touchdowns. Also, though, threw for three interceptions in the Packers' loss to the Panthers. Who do they play the last week of the season? Do you know after they uh, after they play the Vikings? Would it be Detroit? Because don't they usually have a division? It game? is Detroit. Yes. Yeah. Yep, okay. You are correct. Timberwolves are in action tonight at home to play the Portland Trailblazers. Uh, Coach Tom Thib- uh, Thibodeau uh, told the media today that Jimmy Butler. This, you want to save this one <laughs> no, for me? Just save this one for me. Johnny's limping to the finish line, boys. So let's Come on, just uh, let's help him get through it. it. I'm not. Kenny's, it, Kenny's mad because he thinks I'm making fun of him, and karma's going to come back to bite me. Well, you read me right. correctly. Yeah, it's almost I, like we're married, isn't it? Don't uh, don't mess with the karma, Chris. Anyway, Tibbs says uh, Jimmy Butler. Uh, he was good this morning. He said they'll wait till their warm-ups right before the game. As long as everything goes well in the warm-ups, he will play He'll tonight. Play. I'll He'll let the record tonight. show I just saw Roycey stumble by the open studio door. Oh, here he comes. Yeah. <laughs> I had to run an errand. He looks semi-interested in returning. 
Yeah. I think he kind of like the, the rest of us. I think he can go to the parking lot pretty easy right now. His interest represented the way I've performed this whole uh, update. I told you about my favorite. You were talking about John Daly and how much you yeah, enjoyed him. At the yeah, yeah. It was a fun tournament over the weekend. Yeah, my favorite ever, John Daly. I was watching, following him at the U.S. Open at Congressional. I think it was Friday afternoon. And the tenth, the walk from the ninth to the tenth hole was a very long walk. Yeah. And the players went up on the sidewalk in front of the clubhouse. Yeah. And the fans and the media went the other way and around. And when we got there, there were two golfers and three caddies at the uh, <laughs> at the well, at he, the at the tee. Where John took a left and a left. <laughs> He was unhappy. He just, it was like 100 degrees and steamy, and he wasn't playing good, and he just took a left, went out the parking lot. He said, tell him. his shoes and drove home and didn't even tell his caddy. Did you, his uh, caddy was down on the tee box with the clubs. There was a, a PGA tournament. I don't, a PGA-related tournament over the weekend. Father-son. Father-son thing down in Orlando, and John Daly's kid was there, and his name, as far as I can tell, is actually Little John Daly, <laughs> not right. not Junior, it, and they they were calling him Little Little John, mm-hmm. yeah. like Little John is in one word. Yes. Yeah, yeah, and uh, the kid's fourteen year fourteen <laughs> years old, and my God, he beats the snot out of that golf ball. Really? Yeah, it was a lot of fun watching this kid play golf. Yeah, and we have no idea which one of the. Uh... No. The blue collar ma- ladies that he married. Uh, blue collar. Basically, nice. basically, if basically if they gave John a, a good firm kiss, he married him. Yeah. So, I gotta have this one. <laughs> That's the winner, including the drug dealer. Anyway, at one oh, point, uh, yeah, That's right. watching this kid uh, on the tee box, the, the kids. Uh, I don't know what he was using, what which wood, but the the club on that thing was bigger than his head. I mean, yeah. it was absolutely gigantic. <laughs> Did he take it back? He's got a beautiful, beautiful swing, Patrick, and mm. my God, the power that kid has. Didn't Daly play something else in college, another sport? I thought I had read that Beer somewhere. drinking. I and to make it better, Pat, they were wearing matching pants. John oh, had the long, John had the long pants, but the kid had shorts on. But oh, they were the, the they thing. were the same. Yeah. And John's gut is huge. Yeah, Mine he's got big again. What? Uh, give me one more, Johnny, and then you're out of here. Uh, one more. Uh, Thomas Davis, Panthers linebacker, yeah. uh, two games suspension for his hit on Devontae Adams yesterday. Uh, he did apologize to Adams today on Twitter. Adams did not accept it. From no, he, he did, did not. not. And then. Who's the uh, Redskins linebacker who got in on it too? Who yeah, said I had Hunt, and that's I what I'll do. I all of it. Was like, what yeah. the hell are you? Yeah, now you're He's... making the the league love that. Yeah, okay. exactly. Uh, okay, it wasn't really quick. It wasn't in college, but in high school, he attended uh, Hellas High School in Jefferson City, Missouri. He was a letterman in football and golf. He was a Missouri State champion and holds several kicking records in wow. football. Really, he was a kicker. I didn't. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Right. Maybe we could sign him up if Kai misses a couple. <laughs> he's, uh, you know, he's uh, he, he allows himself to be influenced by bad habits. However, John does. Don't we all? <laughs> yes. All right. We'll be back. The ride with Royce now continues. Offense. He's giving them the business. It's time for late hits. Carmelo Anthony received a mostly warm reception from New York Knicks fans Saturday night in his first game at Madison Square Garden as a member of the Oklahoma City Thunder. 
There were uh, loud cheers for Anthony during his introduction, but also some audible boos. The Knicks played a tribute video for Anthony before his name was called during the traditional starting lineup introductions. The video showed some of the big shots and highlight games during Anthony's six and a half seasons with the Knicks. Do you know he was there six and a half years? Wow, no, that sounds not. about right. Yeah. He was there longer than he was in Denver then, huh? Uh, Denver was like seven okay. and a half, yeah. Uh, and uh, Anthony, only 33, said the uh, video brought a mix of emotions that reminded him of the Knicks' shortcomings during his tenure. <laughs> well, guess what? They still got shortcomings with his new team, the Thunder. They got beat 111 to 96 by uh, Anthony, and uh, the uh, Anthony's uh, team lost 111 to 96. Although, if you watch the Philadelphia uh, Oklahoma City triple overtime. Mm-hmm. On Friday night, I I only saw the highlights. I didn't see the game, but it was great, man. Oh, it was fantastic. And Philadelphia, that that I think I think the NBA officially returned to Philadelphia in that game because the arena was full and they were screaming and hollering and have a good old time. Now uh, Embiid and uh, Russell were going at it, but Russell they showed Russell making some big shots, but he ended up ten for thirty three. Yeah. Which Embiid pointed out after the game. Oh, he is in, in his quote. He said, "I wish I could shoot thirty three times." Wow! <laughs> if you guys don't follow Joel Embiid on is Twitter, he oh, he's fantastic. He all he does is troll people. That's oh. all he does. It's it's so he's, he's, he's the Roycey great... of the NBA. Yes, yes, he's 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 fantastic. Uh, yes, there we go. Thomas Davis says, uh, as was being reported by Johnny Hyde a moment ago, uh, has been suspended two games for his helmet-to-helmet hit on Devontae Adams. Okay, who is the guy that uh, drilled Adams when they didn't call the penalty? Danny Trevathian. Trevathian, the yeah. Bears guy. Yep. And uh, so he's now had two concussions this year, Devontae Adams, and uh, he was not happy about it. Uh, he's, he... he when you're in concussion protocol, you aren't allowed to speak to the media. But he went on Twitter and said, I'll never understand it. The game is already dangerous enough, and we got Pro Bowl players out here headhunting and saying they didn't mean to harm me. Somebody explained to me what, what I wasn't trying to hurt him means when we're nowhere near the play and you lead with your head and ear hole a defenseless player. And uh, Thomas Davis has been apologizing, and everybody's trying to make uh, uh, make apologies for Davis that he's not that kind of player. But uh, it doesn't do uh, doesn't do Devontae Adams any good. He probably won't. I, with the, if the Packers get eliminated tonight, he probably won't play the rest of the season. You would probably think not. And right? he has had a hell of a year. He's. Uh, He's leading them with what I think he's caught eighty-eight passes. Something like is that, that right? Yeah, holy yeah, cow! He's had a, he, no seventy-four catches, eight hundred and eighty-five yards, and ten touchdowns without. I was going to say Rogers and play with for, Brett Hundley. Yeah, that's a pretty good year. I don't like this guy, Steven Strasburg. Do you? I don't he like does him. seem like a kind of a and pain in the rear. He's a, yes, he's the typical. Boris Client. Yes. He's the number one Boris Client. Uh, Boris didn't want him to pitch down the stretch when they could have made the World Series. So he After didn't. the year following he his didn't. surgery, right? Yeah, yeah. The year following his surgery. So he didn't. Everybody ripped the Nationals for that. But Boris is the guy who first brought up the mm-hmm. idea of not mm-hmm. pitching. Absolutely. Uh, well, now he was at their fan fest. Uh, they have their fan fest apparently this early, the Nats. And he said. 
that he might not go to the All-Star game this year because he thinks going to the All-Star game contributed to his arm injury that landed him on the DL for a while last year. Ah, oh, uh, he didn't pitch. Oh, God, he, he didn't? didn't pitch in the game. You're kidding. You mean, I think I felt like at the All-Star break, it was a tough situation. Might have to rethink about if I'm going to actually pitch or not pitch in an All-Star game, whether I actually go. That was the issue I felt like was the reason why I got hurt. You're asked to throw, potentially pitch, maybe not, but not have any access or ability to really stick to your routine. Once, oh, that's, once that's over, it's like right back into it. Bullpen day off game. I just know a little lapse for whatever reason. It pushed me back a bit. It started making my arm hurt, and uh, my arm felt good before that. And okay, so so he's a he prima donna, pitch. basically. He didn't pitch, but he didn't throw on exactly the routine he was throwing on. What a yeah, prima donna! Hey, you know but, what, man? He's got good stuff. He does. <laughs> yeah, he does. You know who I'd like to get? Whose thoughts I would like to get on that quote right there? Jack Morris, his teammate Max Scherzer. Yes, right. Yeah. Max Scherzer would say, "Oh, oh, really, kid? Yeah." yeah. <laughs> Uh, you want to bat against me? I might hit you. <laughs> no, I'd, I'd, I might hit you I'd be curious house. to see what Bryce Harper has to say about it because Bryce Harper goes 150 miles an hour on every play. It's mm-hmm. uh, Kristen Yelich uh, is not the only one uh, unhappy with the Marlins moves. Who else do they have uh, the left catcher, to be mad? Uh, oh, yeah. Real Muto. He's good. He's good. Yeah. He wants out, too, he said today. <laughs> he wants to get traded, too. What a complete uh, disaster. And... They apparently have to dump another twelve or thirteen million to reach their goal of a ninety million dollar opening day payroll. They're going to try to get a hold of. Uh, they were thinking about keeping Yelich and Real Muto uh, by getting rid of uh, Brad Ziegler, uh, the Tazawa, the the Japanese pitcher, yeah. and another pitcher named Dan Straley. But they got to get down to ninety million. How can they still have that much money on their books? They got rid of everybody. Uh, I have no idea. They're probably throwing in there. They're probably throwing in there the amount of the money that they had to contribute to make the trade with Giancarlo. Oh, I suppose. And, and they, people. I think they had some other dead money too before this offseason started. <laughs> is, is Derek Jeter turning into oh, Rachel my God. Phelps? <laughs> yeah, from Major League. He yeah, is he turning is. into Rachel Phelps. Yes. Yes. <laughs> what a disaster. Uh, Isaiah Thomas uh, will not uh, make his uh, debut against the Milwaukee Bucks uh, on uh, Tuesday, uh, as some people were thinking he might. Uh, he's kind of eyeing the return to uh, Boston on January 3rd, I guess. Uh, he wants uh, to go back to Boston. Guess what? The Cavs don't need you. As good as you are, the Cavs don't need you right now. They might be the best team in the NBA. All right, we'll be back. Fifteen hundred ESPN presents fifty-two super stories leading up to the big game. Brought to you by Mr. Money Talk, Josh Arnold, where you always get straight talk, not sugar-coated advice. Here's Patrick Royce. Number five on the list of the Great Eight Super Bowls was played three seasons ago in Glendale, Arizona. 
Patriots 28, Seahawks 24, and Super Bowl 49 on February 1st, 2015. There was one uh, previous Super Bowl played in the Arizona Cardinals Stadium, and that didn't offer much of a memory for the Patriots. A 17-14 upset loss to the Giants in February 2008 that cost the Patriots their perfect season. The Seahawks had a chance to gain a reputation for serious greatness with a victory over the Patriots and Tom Brady. One year earlier, the Seahawks had crushed Denver 43-8 with Peyton Manning as the Broncos quarterback. Seattle had reached the Super Bowl by beating Green Bay 28-22 in overtime when the Packers messed up mightily in the fourth quarter, most notably when Brandon Bostock butchered an onside kick. New England also had come back from looking beaten, rallying twice from 14-point deficits versus the Baltimore Ravens. The Patriots then wiped out the Colts and Andrew Luck in the AFC title game. The Super Bowl was tied 14-all at halftime, and then Seattle drove for a field goal and a touchdown. Russell Wilson threw a three-yard touchdown pass to Doug Baldwin, who then was penalized 15 yards for his end zone celebration. That's all the Patriots needed, of course. First, they drove 68 yards for a touchdown with Brady's 21-yarder to Julian Edelman, on third and 14 as the huge play. Later, Edelman caught a three-yard touchdown pass to give New England the 28-24 lead with 2.02 left. Brady caught, touchdown, Julian Edelman. Seattle started its 20. Right away, Wilson threw a 31-yard pass to Marshawn Lynch. Then, an acrobatic catch by Curse and a tangle with Patriots defensive back, Malcolm Butler was good for 33 yards. The Seahawks were at the Patriots' five with a minute left. Lynch ran four yards of the one. Second and goal from there. The Seahawks were so certain of victory that they let the clock run down to 26 seconds before Wilson took the snap. Lynch again? Nope. Pass is intercepted at the goal line by Malcolm Butler. Unreal. I'm sorry, but I can't believe the call. Me neither. I cannot believe the call. And Seattle's quest for two in a row went poof with that blunder. In fact, just a couple of weeks ago, Marshawn Lynch was now with Oakland, was still on Twitter making fun of that call. The worst call in the 51 previous Super Bowl. 52 Super Stories continues next week. Brought to you by Mr. Money Talk, Josh Arnold, where you always get straight talk, not sugar-coated advice. And for more details on Super Bowl 52 coming to the Twin Cities in 2018, sign up for the host committee email at mnsuperbowl.com. This holiday season, Peloton's got a gift for you. Right now, get up to $200 off accessories with the purchase of a Peloton Shred. Accessories like non-slip grip resistance bands, a heart rate monitor, yoga blocks, and more. Take your workout to the next level with Peloton, motivation that moves you. Hurry, this limited time offer ends December 25th. Visit OnePeloton.com to learn more. All access memberships separate. Offer ends December 25th. Cannot be combined with other offers. See additional terms at OnePeloton.com.